0: Diocese of Churches, for the sake of others, is pleased to present the C4SO podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO. C4SO is a national diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org.
1: Hey everyone, welcome again to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke. And today we continue our series on Melodies of Hope, Hymns from Advent and Christmastide. For this series, we have enlisted worship leaders, songwriters, and thinkers from around C4SO and beyond to tell us about a favorite Advent or Christmas hymn and to give us a fresh take on the familiar canon of carols that we sing this season. Our guest today is Rachel Wilhelm, she is a singer songwriter and the Minister of Music and Worship Arts at Apostles Anglican Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. She is also the United States team leader for a ministry called United Adoration, where she leads songwriting and worship arts retreats for local churches and their artists. She co-founded Roots Worship Collective of Minneapolis during her time there, leading hymn sing events to promote church unity and has recorded several albums, EPs and singles, including her first full length album songs of lament in 2017 and her newest album Requiem, which was released March 16th, 2021, which is about the one year anniversary of the pandemic. Wasn't it Rachel? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, When I released it, um, I didn't even expect that it would be released. It's just kind of crazy, but it mm. it it um it was like a tribute to, and it is a tribute to um, those that have died um, from COVID nineteen.
1: Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, welcome to the C Four So podcast. I meant to say that first, but uh, I ended up getting curious about the date of release. <laughs> of I know it's album. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, Rachel. I'm glad uh, glad you could join us today.
0: Thanks. I'm glad to be here.
1: Is there anything else you would like for us to know about you or your life or your ministry before we dive in?
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, I love uh, lament, which is Mm. interesting. Um, (laughs) uh, I just, I love melancholy uh, melodies and um, and tunes. And so I write them, and that's kind of naturally what comes out. So I think the song we're going to talk about today um, reflects that.
1: Yeah. Well, let's get right into it then. What, what hymn did you select and why is this one of your favorites?
0: Um, I selected, I wonder as I wander. Um, so I have a, I have a long history with the song and I never knew really anything about it. Um, at first, but one of my favorite books as a young adult was Jacob. Have I loved, have you ever heard of that book?
1: Uh no, I don't think I no. know.
0: <laughs> it's a young adult book um okay. and uh the song I wonder as I wander is mentioned several times in it. Uh oh. and is a running theme for the main character. Um and uh there's there are themes of like loneliness and isolation and being misunderstood and um so the 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 song's mentioned in the book several times and so it's hmm. it it kind of brought a natural curiosity for me um, when I was young as to what this song was about and everything. So um, one year during the Christmas season, probably around 2016 or so, um, I was working at a church and it was really tough. Um, I was going through a lot at my job um, and I was planning music and remembered this hymn. So Mm. I started looking up its origins and became a little obsessed with it. (laughs) (laughs) And I ended up making my own arrangement and performing it that year at church, um, I didn't sing it, um, which was kind of weird, but, um, now that I'm in the heart of Appalachia, um, in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, I love the fact that I can pull out this song and it's immediately understood, um, by the people that I serve here. Um, so, um, I made a recording of it. Um, I was inspired by, uh, you know, being interviewed by, for this podcast, and I was like, you know, I should just record my arrangement of it. Um, and so, with my recording, um, I I play kind of on the original erratic and unstructured version that John Jacob Niles, who is the author of the of the um, hymn, mm-hmm. um, if you look it up on YouTube. Which I recommend you you do. Um, okay. You can hear John Jacob Niles actually perform it. Um, he it's I think it was recorded probably in the 1930s or something, um, and it's so unstructured and it's <laughs> it's yeah it's really weird, but it's so cool. Um, hmm. And so I took that and I kind of added my own flavor to the arrangement. Um, yeah. And so in my arrangement, I have like. Some Appalachian instruments like strings and mandolin and auto harp and yeah. stuff like that. So,
1: yeah, and we're, uh, listeners, you'll get a chance to hear that uh, at the end of this podcast. It's a lovely arrangement. Um, so, tell tell us a bit about the historical context. Why why is this hymn? Uh, why you, you mentioned that it um, connects deeply with your mm. um, with where you're at right now, which is kind of in the heart of Appalachia. Yeah. Why why is that? And what where did this? What's the historical context of of this hymn? How did it Uh, come about?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, It was written by John Jacob Niles. Um, He's an American folklorist and singer-songwriter, but really it was mainly written by a girl named Annie Morgan. Um, So the story's interesting. Um, Niles traveled to Appalachia on on the regular and studied um, Appalachian music and its origins. So... um, on now, I've looked this up. So on July sixteenth, in nineteen thirty-three, while in the town of Murphy, North Carolina, Niles mm-hmm. attended a fundraising meeting by evangelicals who were being booted out of the town by the police, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't have enough gas to get out of the town. So, the <laughs> so one of the daughters of the of the preacher, um, her name was Annie Morgan. She stepped onto a platform on her father's car, and um, and this is Niles' account. I'm going to quote. His account. I guess he had journals and stuff. So um, he said, a girl had stepped out to the edge of the little platform attached to the automobile. She began to sing. Her clothes were unbelievable dirty and ragged, and she too was unwashed. Her ash blonde hair hung down in long skins. But best of all, she was beautiful, and in her untutored way, she could sing. She smiled as she sang, smiled rather sadly... <laughs> Um, and sang only a, a single line of the song. Well, there's some debate about that. He has um, he's also journaled that she sang three to four lines of the song, okay. which would which would make it complete like plagiarism on his part. Um, <laughs> but uh, Niles approached the girl and coaxed the song out of her by paying her a quarter each time she sang it. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, what a rat! And so, so he could write it all down. Um, yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm goodness. not sure Niles is honest here, as there are other accounts, you know, that um, yeah. he heard most of the song and wrote it all down and all that stuff. So, um, and when he performed it, and he started to, and it started to gain popularity. Basically, it caused some confusion among singers and listeners mm. um, from Appalachia, um, mm. because it was believed to be kind of commonly anonymous. So. It was just like I a see. common song within the folk it was like a folk genre. song.
1: Everybody, yeah. It was just like this Kinda is a folk song. It. We sing this sometimes, and and here you come saying that you wrote this.
0: Right, exactly. Fascinating. So wow. yeah. So then he, you know, he undertook lawsuits to establish his authorship. Oh wow. He got it. Yeah, he okay. got it. Okay. I know. Wow. I told you he's a little bit of a rat, but um. <laughs> it's a little and then. Yeah, and then he yeah. demanded royalties um, oh, okay. when others performed the song. Um, so, I mean, not really my favorite guy, but yeah. he was instrumental in making a beautiful song well-known. Yeah, um,
1: popularizing a, a folk song. Yeah,
0: yeah. so that, I mean, that's the historical context, which is, yeah. I mean...
1: It's super fascinating, yeah. Kind of I fascinating,
0: well. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: hello everyone it's time once again for the c4so cycle of prayer spotlight where we highlight the specific ministry that we're praying for this week in our diocesan cycle of prayer this week this week we're praying for church of the vine in newburgh oregon led by the reverend sean flannery and he has joined us to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray for them sean welcome back to the c4so cycle of prayer spotlight
2: yeah thanks ben round round two
1: round two which means year two uh which means yeah we've we we did this about a year ago
2: <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right i had, um, last year uh i was definitely on zoom a lot more <laughs> than i am now i'm, I'm grateful yeah. for that. it's good to see you thank you
1: yeah um so what's uh, something you're encouraged by right now that's happening
2: Yeah, we spent, um, as I know a lot of folks did, you know, a year and a half worshiping outdoors. We were in a state park, we were in two other, you know, neighborhood parks, um, along with Zoom. And this September, we made the move indoors into a new building. um, And it's in our town's cultural center. And it just feels like a a really, really good fit. Um, We're seeing new people arrive that seem to just be jumping right in and investing themselves and The other thing that's happening, it feels like really current too, is we're seeing a bit of a rebound and what felt like a bit of service fatigue. I think as we made the pivot into the indoor space after multiple pandemic pivots, folks just were exhausted and, um, you know, to be understood, I was too. And just recently Mm -hmm. we're seeing this neat uptick, especially in our kind of care for our children, new leaders emerging. And that's been really encouraging.
1: That is great to hear. Um, on the flip side, what's a challenge that you're facing right now?
2: Yeah, I think I think a challenge is that that sort of very organic, fluid connection that is the lifeblood um, of the body um, that is still hard to come by. Just in fellowship mm-hmm. and hospitality, you know, simple ministries like small groups, for example, this last round became. You know, complicated, and that parishioners are still on a spectrum as to how much COVID exposure they're comfortable with, especially families with young kids. Um, so, just the sweetness of kind of being together in really simple, you know, venues. Those are just still a little tricky, and we've really, we've really, you know, started looking forward to kind of making feasting this like a big central part of twenty twenty two. And, uh, but the truth is we're just, you know, not quite there yet, but yeah, yeah we're, we're, we know there's good signs moving that direction, but yeah, we're, we're still challenged and we're not feasting together yeah. yet.
1: Yes. I hear that. Are there any other specific prayer requests uh, that you want to mention to uh, the diocese? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, you know, we are in this new, this new space, um, and we're, we're really just desiring that God would reveal to us how we can serve our city um, now that we're gathering in, in literally the center of town. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a lot of ways, you know, all the, the change these last couple of years provided us a chance to really rediscover our identity as a congregation. And now yeah. that identity is like irreducibly informed by place. You know, yeah. in the last 18 months we've been in parks, it's felt like the wilderness wandering And now we're right at the in the cultural center in town, and it just feels like a gift of what God is up to, so that we'd have the courage to wait and see what God's going to like guide us into. um, Now that He brought us to this this new place, that's great. Yeah. Well,
1: um, I appreciate you joining us, Sean. We'll keep all that in mind uh, for prayer. Um, It's good to good to chat with you once again.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Ben. I'll also ask um, just for. You know, you guys keep my dad in your prayers. He had a traumatic brain injury about a month ago. And so he's been in and out of the ICU. And it's kind of in that stage where it's dawning on him, just the condition he's in and the yeah. the really long road ahead. So okay. prayers for strength for him and, and my mom.
1: Yes. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that uh, with us as well, Sean. I know that's weighing on your heart um, pretty heavily right now. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Is. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Listeners, if you'd like to find out more about Church of the Vine or to contribute to their work, check out the link in the show notes. Catch you again later, Sean.
2: All right. See you then. Bye. Well, how
1: about, how about the, you know, if this was a, um, a folk song from Appalachia, like what's the musical or poetic structure of this song like? What, what's interesting to know about that?
0: Well... I don't really get into some of that. I, I, I'm i the type of person that goes by feeling
3: mm-hmm. a lot
0: of times. And so when I think about a song, I don't usually go technical. I, I kind of go mm-hmm. by how it makes me feel
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and the feeling of it and how it's appropriate to the time and the lyrics and whatnot. But mm. I, love, um, I love the structure of the song itself and that it can be squeezed into, um, I think— any time signature, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so um, I think an artist can can approach it from you know wherever they're at and apply yeah. their feeling toward it
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: structurally. So for me, what I did was um, when I was listening to the original that that um, Niles performed. Um I heard a sort of like a three, four time, which is like the waltzy dun 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 yeah. dun, you know. Yeah. Um, and to kind of give it more um, you know, obviously a little more structure because if you were to listen to that, you go, Wow, where where the heck is this guy going? But mm-hmm. um but I wanted it to have that lullaby-ish waltzy feel in my own mm. um so um it can have that it can have all kinds of different sounds to it um but uh another part of it something that's a little bit uh poetic is the the poor ornery people there's a there's a line in it that's um i wonder as i wander out under the sky how jesus the savior did come for to die for poor ornery people like you and like i i wonder as i wander out under the sky well there's there's a little bit of leniency there in in um, for the the for poor ornery people um, line um it could be also for poor ordinary people okay um, which is interesting I think yeah um, about that but um uh Niles actually sings ornery. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. I kept I kept that personally myself um yeah
1: yeah, yeah I like that about it as well because um, mel- yeah go ahead I was just gonna say I won- I wonder I w- it makes me want to look up the etymology of Ornery it makes yeah. me wonder if the etymology is actually from ordinary but it's yeah. c- it's come to take on this uh, connotation now for us as to be like a little bit you know uh, irritable or yeah uncouth Yeah yeah exactly
0: yeah and I mean the musical structure, the the melodic, um, qualities of the song itself are so haunting mm. um, which mm. which brings me to, um, you know, the question of whether it's like an advent or a Christmas song and right. i can I can get into that in a second when yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, let us know how how did this come to be it's not it's not obviously. Like you look at the lyrics and it's, you know, it's about Jesus coming to die, but it's not obviously an Advent or Christmas song or, you know, that kind of a thing. How, how did this come to be uh, seen or sung during this season? And, and how do you see it? Does it feel like more of an Advent song or more of a Christmas song?
0: You know, I, I could, I go back and forth about whether it's mm-hmm. an Advent or a Christmas hymn, but mm-hmm. um, I think I lean more toward Advent. Okay. Um, and the reason, the reason is this. So, one of the focuses of the song is um, the sky and the stars. Yeah, and there's this beautiful thing about Advent where we're faced with the hauntingly mysterious nature of the incarnation, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the God who made the stars, which are bigger than we can even imagine, um, and look small where we're standing, is also the God who came to us as a child to save us from sin and death, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. And then we think about God Himself and we think He's bigger than we can imagine, right? And then He became small where we're standing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you Mm know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, there's like this little poetic, you know, theme that I think about when I think of Advent. Yes. And um, so, uh, one theme of Advent um, is all about wondering and longing, you know, and focusing on the mystery of the Incarnation. So, this song gives us about... You know, four minutes of reflection on that reality. Like, we can just steep ourselves in the wonderment of the glory of the incarnation and the mystery Mm. of it. Like, you know, um, and this song sort of encapsulates, like, I wonder as I wonder out under the sky. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, the moment of mystery and wonderment um, that we have. Um, when we're thinking about the incarnation mm-hmm. um and our humanity too like we're we're wondering about that um mm-hmm. but Jesus could have anything he wanted right mm-hmm. um but you know like he became a human being yeah to die for us yeah yeah you know so it's
1: yeah
0: um i love that
1: yeah i do too um that i mean that kind of uh, bridges into Maybe our final question here of just um, bring bring that theme then home for us today. What word of good news do you think this song uh, gives uh, to us today?
0: That Jesus meets meets us where we are. Um, mm. That that He is human too, and oh. um, He's fully fully God and fully man, and he he was also on this earth and could look up into the sky mm. and wonder about all of the things that God had made, right? Yeah. Um, he was also there. <laughs> so yes. that is part of that mystery. And we need you know, yeah. some good news for us. This advent is holding on to that mystery yeah. of Christ and the incarnation.
1: Yes. <clears throat> and then he came to die for um even, even when we're feeling a little ornery. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. That's a good which, word. <laughs>
1: yeah. Which as this pandemic wears on, right? Um, I know I've felt uh, maybe more ornery than I normally have uh, the past couple years or so just because of that. So,
0: yeah. Mm, yeah. I ran into a lady at the grocery store last night. who chewed me out for oh, gosh. <laughs> hitting her cart <laughs> oh, and I'm like, okay. oh, there are some poor ornery people here. <laughs> poor
1: ornery people. Jesus, help us. Oh, yes. Well, Rachel, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate you uh, telling us about this hymn and spending some time with us.
0: Oh, well, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. How can people connect with you and your music? I know you do a lot of songwriting and you've got albums.
0: Yeah. I mean, anywhere you buy music, you can find my stuff. Just look me up. Look it up.
1: (laughs) Rachel Wilhelm. Yeah. We'll put a link to, to your website um, if people are interested uh, in just getting to know you a little bit more. I uh, will put a link to that in the show notes. Um, Great. Thank you. Uh, well, listeners, I hope you enjoy this uh, Rachel's own arrangement and recording of I Wonder As I Wander, which she created, as she said, especially for this podcast. Thanks again, Rachel.
0: Thank you. 我 for listening to this episode of the C4SO Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.